Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. A short Bible study every single day, keeping us in God's Word, and that's crucial for our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So if you want to be strong in your faith, if you want to go stronger in your faith, you need to be in God's Word. And that's what this short Bible study every day is all about. 13, 14 minutes usually, but it keeps us in God's word, keeps us focused on our spiritual lives, upon our souls, and upon our relationship with God. Help people in your life grow in their faith by sharing these studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means. You may even help them get to heaven. What a great blessing for them and for you. So start sharing today. We're going to continue in our line of thought and study. We're using as a base text of scripture, Hebrews chapter, 11, uh, chapter 2 and verse 1 where the writer, and of course, this is God's very word, therefore, we must give the more earnest heed, pay close attention, in other words, be diligent to the things that we have heard, lest we drift away. We've used a number of illustrations talking about how Drifting can happen in different, in different scenarios. We've talked about the fisherman out there in his bass boat, and he's gone into the water with his boat, and he's found a place where the fish are biting along the shore somewhere. And so he starts catching fish. After a while, he realizes, I haven't caught a fish in a while. He looks up, he examines where he is in, in regards to the shoreline. He realizes, I'm not where I was catching fish anymore. I've drifted. The boat has drifted along. The current has drifted me away from that spot. And he didn't even realize it because it was gradual. And we've talked about the same kind of scenario. But, you know, that can happen, say, with an airline pilot. He's flying across the ocean, thousands of miles of open water. No land, no land uh, uh, kind of, of of signs where he can kind of get his bearings just by saying, oh, yeah, that's I'm supposed to pass right over that, or I'm supposed to pass just to the south of that or whatever. Nope, none of that. It's just open water. And so depending on how far he's going to go to his destination, and it's probably thousands of miles, he has to make sure that he stays right on course, that his bearing is exact. He has to watch that compass because if he drifts off course, and that can happen through wind and maybe even just some other uh, natural factors, if he drifts off course even by one degree, depending on how far his destination is, he can miss that destination by 50 miles or 100 miles or even more, just drifting off course by one degree. The same can be said of a pilot, you know, uh, guiding a ship across the sea. Well, see, drifting can happen so gradually that we don't even realize it's happening until all of a sudden we realize we're way off course. We're not going to get to our destination. What should be your ultimate destination in life? Some people might say, well, I want to retire when I'm 62. I want to retire when I'm 65. I want to have this much money saved up or invested by the time I, I reach a certain age. I want to reach this particular goal in life. What about getting to heaven? That ought to be your ultimate goal. Above all other goals, that ought to be your focused destination above all others, getting to heaven eternal life with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Are you on course? Or 
are you drifting? We talked about, and, and probably just about every one of us have known this particular scenario playing out, either in our own lives or in the lives of other people we know, maybe family members even. And here's a young man and a young woman. They get married. They're madly in love with one another. And they're happy in their marriage relationship. But over an extended period of time, over years, something happens, and then you get word they've gotten a divorce. And you say, what happened? You were so happy together. You're so much in love. And then one of them says, well, we just kind of, just kind of grew apart. Well, what they're saying, another way of saying that is we just kind of drifted apart. And it was such a gradual process that they didn't realize it for a long time until they kind of woke up, you know, somewhere along the line and realized, hey, hey we're not, something's not what it used to be here. What happened to the man I married? Or what happened to the woman I married? What happened to the love that we shared? We talked about everything. We don't talk hardly anymore. Well, they gradually drifted apart. Beware of drifting. Are you drifting? Now, we want to make the the primary application of this study to our spiritual lives. Are you where you ought to be in your relationship with God and Christ? Now, don't give a knee-jerk reaction and automatically say, yeah, without thinking about it. Are you really where you ought to be? Or have you been drifting? Have you been drifting? Do you make excuses or maybe not even think about being at church services with with your brothers and sisters in Christ every Sunday, every first day of the week, every Lord's Day? Are you drifting? You think that's not important? Jesus established the church upon this earth. It's his body, Ephesians 1, verses 22 and 23, Colossians 1 and verse 18 and verse 24. The church is the body of Christ. You don't think you need to be a part of the body of Christ? You don't think you need to be there with the Lord in your presence as you worship God and study his word? Be there in fellowship with your brothers and sisters in Christ? Hebrews 10, verses 23 through 25 says, you need to be there, and that's God's word. Are you drifting? Are you praying to God? Are you keeping communication lines open as you should consistently, regularly, throughout the day, every day? Or are you neglecting your prayer life? Are you neglecting your relationship with God through prayer? Are you drifting? Are you studying God's Word? Do you open your Bible on a regular basis and with diligence and focus? 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. Are you praying regularly? Do you stop and give thanks for your food before you sit down to a meal? Do you pray to God for guidance, for wisdom, for direction, for protection regularly throughout the day, every day? Are you drifting? Well, a whole lot of people, a whole lot of Christians, in fact, they drift more and more into self-destructive sin, not paying attention to the direction of their lives, not paying attention to the direction they're taking until suddenly they find themselves engulfed in sin. In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 17, when God started with the first man and the first woman, he told them, 
stay away from one particular tree in the garden where he had placed them with all of the resources for them to prosper in their physical lives. It doesn't say they're going to prosper, you know, in material wealth, but all of the things they needed for the necessities of life right there. And God also blessed them with sinlessness, and he gave them the opportunity that if they would eat of the tree of life that was in the garden, that they could live forever, even on this earth, as long as they stayed true to God. There was another garden, another tree in the garden that he said, now, now you don't mess with that tree. You don't touch it. You don't eat any fruit of it. And that's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In verse 17 of Genesis chapter 2, he says, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. In other words, if they disobeyed God and ate the fruit of that tree, they would become sinners. And death, physical death and spiritual death would become a reality in their lives. They would no longer be sinless. And in chapter 3, the devil appears in the scene, verse 1. The serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said that you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, and of course we're talking about the devil taking the form of a serpent here, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Well, they would know good and evil because they would have become sinful. They would have taken part in evil, disobedience to God. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she was hoodwinked by the devil, in other words, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave it to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Well, they had always been naked, but they were sinless until that particular point in their lives when they disobeyed God and ate the forbidden fruit. And now they were ashamed of their nakedness. Sin had become a reality in their lives. Everything changed that day for them and humanity. God removed them from the garden so they would not have access to the tree of life on this earth. Now, if they would repent, and this is for all of us, if we will repent of our sins and live a faithful, godly life on a consistent basis, we can look forward to being partakers of the tree of life in heaven and have an eternal home there with God and Christ and the Holy Spirit. But you see, those two, that, that first couple, they were drifting. They were being taken in by the temptation of the devil. They allowed themselves to enter into self-destructive sin. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, the apostle Paul wrote, again, God's word, the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
there are only two pathways through life. One leads to eternal life in heaven. That's the way of righteousness and faithfulness, dedication, commitment, obedience to God. The other leads us to eternal condemnation in hell. The way of unrighteousness, of unfaithfulness to God, of sinfulness, self-destructive lifestyle from a spiritual perspective. In James chapter 1 and verses 14 and 15, we read this. Each, of, each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Are you drifting? Are you engaged in sinful practices that deep down you know are sinful? Are you ignoring your weakening of your faith and faithfulness, your weakening relationship with God? Are you ignoring that? Are you trying to explain it away? Are you trying to make excuses for it? Are you drifting? You need to be careful. Let's pray. Father in heaven, please guide us. Please help us to stop drifting and to not drift anymore in our spiritual lives, away from you, away from our Lord and Savior, away from the teachings of your word. Help us to be strong in our faith. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.